The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Media Match, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Here we are, Media Mash. Week one is here. I don't know who's going to bring the wisdom to the show, but we've got three gentlemen here who can. Bobby Belt of 105.3 The Fan, Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com, and the longest tenured beat writer. I don't know in Cowboys history, but definitely in the top three, Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. What's up, man? How you doing? Where do you rank in the beat writer? Because we've got guys... Like Ed Werder and Tim, but they got off the beat. You know, they become columnists. That's, that's why it's longest tenured, consecutively tenured. That's, yeah. how, that's, that's how you use that word, consecutively tenured. Okay, so where are you at? Well, I, consecutively tenured? I mean, where do you put Mickey? Ooh, that's good. That's good. That's, that's good. You're ahead of me with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so so why, does, why does head coach Mike McCarthy go with David Moore before you since you're the longest tenured? He's the oldest. Okay. Age before beauty. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was Dallas Morning News gets the first question. No, it was not. That's just David Moore because he's the oldest. So we defer to the oldest in the room. Okay. So then you're number two then, right? Yes. So I'm still. Cla- I mean, Clarence does the dirty work for us outside the press conference where he'll stop somebody down and just like ask the question that we all want. He just, he's brazen about it. We all appreciate Clarence for that. He provides a tenderness, as Jerry yeah. said. At yeah, camp, the tenderness. Right? Sometimes it's tender, sometimes it's not. But sometimes you have to phrase the question to get the right answer. Okay. Listen, to Bobby's point, Clarence is like uh, uh, coming to America when Hakeem walks in the traffic. He's like, halt! <laughs> That's Clarence in the walk-off. <laughs> so let's get right to it. Jason Peters signed to the practice squad. I will defer to you first, longest tenured. When will he play? Mike Lombardi on GM Shuffle said he's going to play this week. I was like, there's no way he's playing this week. He talked about weeks, so you give me your idea when you think we will see number 71. I would defer to Peters. He says he needs two weeks. I mean, mean, he says he needs two. I mean, the guy has not done anything since January. I mean, he said he's done some cardio, but it's not football. He needs to get his feet up under him. You know, when Jerry Jones talked on his radio show today that – they want to ease him back because they don't want any setbacks. I mean, he is 40 years old. We we know these history of soft tissue injuries that the Cowboys have had around here. Uh, I say after the Cincinnati game. I, I say he sits the first two weeks. Well, I mean, to Clarence's point, Peters himself said he needs a couple weeks, quote-unquote. Jerry Jones said they were going to be, quote-unquote, prudent with it. Uh, it's a 40-year-old who hasn't played a down of football since, what, January 9th, I believe, for the Chicago Bears. He's been in no-one's training camp. you got to ease him in, right? Um, Tyler Smith's going to be your definitive starting left tackle for week one if Tyler does well. Uh, well, let me phrase it this way. Unless Tyler Smith absolutely bombs, which I don't believe is going to be the case, I think they're not only going to give Jason Peters a couple weeks, but, you know, he might not see the field until late September. You know, ideally. Yeah, I think that available to play week three 
against the Giants is probably the target. Actually getting on the field, I don't know. Because I mean, at that, at that point, it just comes down to, has Tyler Smith done enough the first two weeks? Do they feel a need to put him in there? Or, or do they feel like they can slow play it a little bit? So I think he'll be available to play in, in week three. But as to whether or not he will play then is, is up to how well Tyler Smith performs. You know, the, the bigger question is this. Why did the Cowboys wait so long to get insurance? You know, and, and, and I don't think there's any downside to bringing Tyler Smith in, we, especially after what happened with Ty, uh, without Tyler Smith, without Jason Peters, bringing Jason Peters in, especially what happened to Tyler Smith, you know, a week before the start, two weeks before the start of the season. You had to get somebody in there. Why didn't they do that earlier? I mean, this is, this is not an example of doing all you can to put your best foot forward for, for week one. Now, we certainly have confidence in Tyler Smith and what he can do. You hope he can hold up, but that's not the best-case scenario. They should have got a veteran swing tackle in there so you could have played Tyler Smith at guard and gotten your best five offensive linemen there. If, if Jason Pitt was on the team in training camp, if he was here in training camp, it would have been him at left, guard, at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard. Can I play devil's advocate? Just, just what you said. They spoke so much about we want to develop young players. So we saw Matt Walesco first out there at left tackle. Then he hurt his shoulder. Then they had Josh Ball out there at left tackle. So they were looking at these two kids that they were trying to develop behind Tyron Smith. So that was the plan. That was was never a realistic plan if you needed somebody to play now. I'm just saying. But uh, Okay, so so, so let's say they they draft Trevor Penning or Kenyon Green in, in the first round back in April. I think everybody would have said, oh, that was their contingency. They addressed it. I think this comes down to people having issues with how raw he is and the projection there. But in terms of you talk about the capital that they spent and the way they had him graded around those type of players, Cowboys would tell you they absolutely planned for the contingency because Tyler Smith's here and Tyler Smith is the backup. Like That's their fail-safe there at left tackle. And I think everybody universally would have considered it as okay, they were prepared for this if the name would have been Penning or Green or whatever else. I think it's just the name Tyler Smith for some people. They think that's too raw to be considered there. But, you know, trust your evaluation if that's where you had it. But I, I think it's it's that. There's truth to that. But I think it's also the added dynamic of, okay, if Tyler Smith was, in fact, brought in to be the future at left tackle, why did you commit him to left guard right. for the entirety of training camp? And it only took the injury to Teron Smith to then force you to move him back out to left tackle. Well, I mean, and then with the Matt Walesco situation, Situation. He goes down very early in camp with that shoulder injury. So instead of then popping Tyler Smith back out to you know to see what was going on there, what do you do? You give those reps to Isaac Alicorn to see what you had there. So I, to Nui's point, yes, they wanted to see what was going on with Walesco, but also to Clarence's point, it's a contingency that the Cowboys could have resolved prior to now. But, but, I mean, when you talk about if Tyler was the future at left tackle, then why are you playing in regard? Well, I mean, they've got a history of that. Tyron was the future at left tackle. They played him at right tackle the first year. Lyle Collins was the future at right tackle. They played him at left guard. It's wherever they had an opening first. They, they've they got left tackle situated right now, or they thought they did with Tyron Smith. And so I think what they viewed it as was – it's like Jerry said last week, where he's like, I don't I don't expect we're picking a guy in the first round to sit on the bench. So if left tackle's taken up, it's like you may be the future, but you you got to play somewhere. we got to use you somewhere. Well, yeah, but but the difference is that we all knew, or they should have known, that you cannot trust Tyron Smith's help. Fair. Correct. Okay. Yep. And and that's the problem, especially when you give Tyler all the reps at, 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 left t- at guard in training camp. Mm-hmm. And I understand, yes, you want to get him on the field. You want to start him. Fine. That, that, that's what you should do. But you also should prepare for the possible loss of Tyra Smith. And that's what's biting him in the butt right now, heading to the opener. I, I, could, I could see them looking at it, though. I could see Jerry, Steve, in the front office looking at it as, 
the veteran contingencies we've brought in here the last few years, we've brought in Ty Inseki, we did Cameron Irving, we did Cameron Fleming, we did Byron Bell, and when we called on all them to be the swing tackle when Tyron got hurt, it went poorly. So instead, I, I understand, I understand, but instead... It went cheap, though. I mean, Fleming, you, Fleming, Fleming was more expensive than Peters, uh, than Fleming Peters was going to be. Too. I think Fleming would, 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 would be better now. He, I mean, he's... He's been okay. Here is my issue, mm-hmm. and I go back to to a conversation I had with Stephen Jones because I mm-hmm. asked him, when Tyron misses four games, what are you going to do? And he said, we drafted Tyler Smith to be his replacement. So if you're telling me this in early August, why wasn't this young man getting some reps at left tackle? Why You go up against the Broncos. No, no, nothing against a Bradley Chubb. You go up against the Chargers and practice, nothing there. You could have had opportunities for having to go against Tank Lawrence and Micah Parsons, but you didn't do that. That's, to me, where I feel like they're setting the young man up to fail come Sunday. Well, well not just setting the young man up, but setting your team up to fail. I mean, and, and no matter how much you believe that Tyler Smith can handle it, let's, let's Tyler, all, Tyler. Tyler Smith can handle it, let's all acknowledge that this is not the process in which you want your left tackle or your rookie to start. Mm-hmm. Open the season, especially with these two games, and and important as these two. I mean, you don't want to go zero and two. You don't want to get your quarterback blindsided. And I'm not saying he can't hold up, but sure. but again, this is not how you prepare him to be Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith's replacement. I mean, the the bottom line is is there was a disconnect in what the trajectory for Tyler Smith could have been to this point in, in getting ready for week one because I'm I'm with you, Bobby. You don't draft a guy in the first round for him to not be a starter on the field. So, okay, let's tr- test him at left guard. However, when you look at a situation where you speak with head coach Mike McCarthy you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, prophetically so, a few hours before Teron Smith goes down with injury, what does McCarthy say? Well, he says, well, you know, you don't want to just throw a rookie out there to be a starter. Well, if he's your first-round pick, yeah, you do, yeah, but right? That, Teron started 16 games, but right? And as that, we say, 16 games, we saw, Travis, 16 we games. We saw how when Tyra got here, they immediately knew they wanted to put him on the field. They had him out there working. And, and you know, with Micah Parsons, they knew what they had out there. They had him working. Uh, we've seen what they've done. They didn't do that with this young man. Correct. And even when Dak ends up, so you got Kellen Moore gets hurt, then Tony Romo got hurt. So now you got you got Dak out here. They were doing everything they could. How do we ramp him up? How do we get him going? They knew they wanted to put him out there at left tackle, and they didn't put him. They didn't give him any reps. That just doesn't make where, sense. Where they, where they probably aired most was like Clarence said a few minutes ago. They they had way too much trust in Tyron being healthy. And, and and being able to, in terms of, I think they always knew there were going to be games that Tyron Smith was going to miss. They just probably wrongly assumed that, oh, but we'll cross that bridge probably a couple months into the season. They didn't anticipate, oh, it was going to happen in training camp. Because I think they feel like they do a decent job protecting Tyron Smith with his reps. And so they, they you know, it was basically a non-contact injury. They they probably should have been pre- better prepared for that, and that's probably where they most erred. And it was where, where the veil is off now. The veil is off as far as the, the organization being able to mask the the arrival of the dusk of Teron Smith's career. It, it's here. It's here. And with that, for those that are you know kind of pondering, well, you know, can we get Jason Peters out at left tackle and then put Tyler Smith at left guard, and maybe that's your best five? For my money, you got to leave the rookie where he is now. I mean, you've already done a disservice in not getting him any reps at left tackle in training camp and in these preseason games. Now you got him out here. Teron Smith is down. You've already crowned him the future at left tackle. You can't now move him back inside. I, 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 
I don't know that you can't do that because the goal is I mean, to you could this, do this, whatever this you is, want. This is for the you should not. This, okay, this, you know, and, and that's my problem with, with the Cowboys sometimes. It's like, what's best for this year? What's best for the future? Like when, when Jerry talks, we, we made these decisions for the long run. What, what about 2022? What's best for 2022 and putting the best team on the field in 2022? I understand I don't want Tyler to take a step back for the long run, mm-hmm. but as far as what's best for 2022, if, especially from, if, I, if the chance I can get Tyron back, if Jason Peters is the best, if the best five is is Jason Peters the left tackle and 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 Tyler left guard, because one thing that we're not talking about that that I think that is, is getting overlooked, Conor McGovern is not no guarantee at left guard. He's not a guarantee. Like it's not like like he's not a weak link. Like he hasn't been a weak link. We forget that Connor Williams was better at left guard than Connor McGovern was last year. I didn't forget. But but right. but but people are keep focusing yeah, on we, we all focus on left tackle and no one's talking about left guard and that's the other mistake I think they made. You you drafted the guy in the first round. Why are we messing around with Austin reps? Do whatever you can, give him all the reps to left guard so he can have that continuity with Tyron Smith, so he can have those reps to be ready for week one. Now you you got three new starters on the offensive line, essentially if you call Terrence Steele. And there are questions on the left side, not just the left tackle, but also a left guard. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's a, a good point that I think we were all talking about before the Tyron Smith injury was I don't think anybody understood what was going on with the reps at left guard and, and how things were being split up there. It was puzzling because I think just about everybody who saw it, not that Connor McGovern's been terrible in training camp, but just about every day Tyler Smith was better. Yeah. And so it was It was yeah. odd how he was always the first one starting with the first team. They were continuing to split the reps. That That is something that we never got a clear explanation on. And that's, again, somewhere where you want to talk about where they maybe potentially erred a little bit was if you were going to plan on him being right there next to Tyron Smith and plan on him playing 17 games this year, why was he not just getting the majority of the reps and the it, entire it time? It kind of feels like the team understood, although they weren't saying it publicly, they understood that Tyler Smith was taking the lead at left guard over Connor McGovern because then you started to see Connor McGovern take some snaps at center, right? So it's kind of like – And okay. fullback and tight end. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, which, which is why the, the things that McCarthy said were puzzling, especially the fact that if the season starts today – uh, Connor McGovern's gonna be our starter. But you know, we don't want to throw a rookie out there. Why would you not want to throw gamesmanship? Or all of that. But my point is, why exactly. why say was. that? Well, I mean, why, why tell gamesmanship? Why why tell Brad Sham in the pregame show before the third preseason game that Matt Willetsko is gonna start at left tackle and then you throw Josh Ball out there? <laughs> like, like like I don't know. He he he, he he treats starting lineups in the third preseason game as state secrets. So I don't I don't know. I, but, why but I'm just yes. you know yes. Yes. yes yes. But but I'm just saying as far as as because well, we all saw that, that Tyron Smith, based on you, you watch the film, watch what he was doing, he was the better option in left guard. Yeah. Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler. I'm like, Tyler, Tyler, I'm Tyler. like Zach Martin. Yeah. We get all the Tyler, the Tyrons. Rookie. All Let's of, go with the rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie. Get them rookie. all together. But, you know, it, 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 why do this dance? Because the goal is to, to, to get your guys ready for week one. And, and I, I guess if, if there is a bright spot, I'd rather the Tyron Smith injury happen two weeks before the start of the season than in week one. So because it happened in week one, then then you got Tyler Smith moving to left guard, I mean left tackle in the middle of the season. Yeah. And you might not you might at that point, depending upon <laughs> who's on Jason Peters' phone, you might not have Jason Peters <laughs> right. available. All right, let's hit our first break. How do they protect and help Tyler Smith week one against the Buccaneers? And then later on in the show, let's dive into the defense. Okay. 
how much are they going to have to carry the load? Positivity there. First and <laughs> second week of the season. Feel good. Clarence Hill. <laughs> Dr. Doom and Gloom over here. I feel good about the defense. Patrick Walker, Bobby Bell. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Here we are, Media Mash. Week one, Cowboys taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday night. At AT&T Stadium, Tom Brady comes to town. Bucks beat the Cowboys last year to open the season on Thursday night football. So here's the rematch. Media match today is Bobby Belt, 105 through the fan, the official radio home of the Dallas Cowboys. Patrick C. Walker, newest member of DallasCowboys.com. You can check all his work out there. And um, you're going to be on Hanging with the Boys this year? Um, talking Cowboys. Talking Cowboys. Talking Cowboys. Talking Cowboys. Cowboys. Talking Cowboys. Talking you got it, bro. <laughs> Shouts out to Hanging with the Boys. And uh, Doom and Gloom, Clay Hill, Fort Worth Star. Telegram here. So let's just dive right into the doom and gloom. How do they protect Tyler Smith? You say you're worried about that. You say it's well, well, you know, you know, everybody thinks, well, we, you know, we got to protect him. We got to give him help. We got to chip. Well, you need help inside. I mean, remember, this is the Tampa Bay defense, defensive front, especially in the first game, that's strongest inside. You got that big boy V to V inside. And you're going to need help 
your center and your guard inside? How do you help outside when you need to help inside? You know, remember this is you know, and the crazy thing about this game is we all remember the Cowboys were so afraid of their inside guys that they refused to run last year. They threw. Mm-hmm. They refused. They they just said we're not running the ball because we can't run the ball. And 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 ironically, this year with a rookie tackling with so much inexperience up front, the goal is to run because you're either you're better run blocking than pass blocking. But how do you do that against this Tampa Bay defense front that you were so afraid to run last year and you need help inside with Vita V? Vita Vea. Yeah. Vita Vea. Vita. There you go. Big V. I think in week one, I mean, Clarence hit it right on the head. It's not about necessarily protecting the edges against the Buccaneers. It's about protecting the interior. Uh, I mean, Vita Vea, he's he's just inhuman. Um, uh, and outside of Zach, and we know what Zach can do, outside of Zach, uh, you would like to believe that Tyler Biotis has taken a step forward, and, and the Cowboys hope that he has. Um, but, again, there are less than a handful of guards who can stop Via via. So you're going to have to – the onus is going to be on Kellen Moore to scheme accordingly. Bingo. You're going to have to scheme accordingly. And that's how you help out help out your rookie left tackle. That's how you help out Connor McGovern. That's how you help out Tyler Beattis. You scheme to try to avoid a guy like Vita Vea, and that's how you're going to win this game. Because, hey, even to that point, yeah, they didn't necessarily want to run at Tampa Bay in week one. And guess what? They could have won that game if not for a bounce of the ball here, a bad call here, a, that, a missed that, kick. That, that shady kicker. Right, the, 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 the missed kick. The there you go. So missed. if not for those circumstances, that game was schemed as a W, right? There were just execution issues primarily in the kicking game, that cost him that W. So they didn't, Kellen Moore didn't scheme that game incorrectly. It just didn't end up how it should have. But that's how you help. You scheme accordingly. Yeah, yeah. and they, they used the quick passing game last year as, you know, pseudo running right, game. Exactly. And so, you know, I would expect they'll try and do some of that. I'd expect you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to see a lot of two tight ends, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz on the field together, probably a lot. Um, and, and one thing that I think they need to do this week with the running game that, <laughs> they kept telling us at the end of last year, like, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. We're looking at it. it was like, why are you not running the ball to the outside more? Like, like you've had so much success, it seems like, running to the outside, you know, running outside the tackles. Why haven't we seen more of that? And it was just this confounding thing where every week Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore, somebody would tell us, like, yeah, we've we've had some success with that. And there was just never an answer for it. It's like, well, hopefully, like, you know, looking at this matchup inside, knowing how much Vita Vea gave you trouble last year, which – to be fair, that was a game without Zach, Zach Martin. Martin and so, uh, you know, I, I think I, I'd like to see that they've adjusted to that a little bit. And I'd be interested to see if they try and get something going with Pollard or Turpin on some of these jet sweeps and things like that. Turpin is well, going to be you know, the, 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 the other part is, you know, I know Jerry talked about it. Well, how do you make up for deficiencies? Well, with the quick passing game and, and the receivers. Last year, you had your full complement of your receiving core. You had Amari. Sure. You had CD, you had Michael Wilson. Gallup, yeah. you had Cedric Wilson. Um, this year, you have CD and some maybes. You know, and, and and so you're counting on them, unknowns, outside with the quick passing game to make up for what you lack inside. That that that's still another question for me. You know, what this Offensive feels line. like offensively. This this feels like a. I don't know. It feels like a Dennis Houston game. 
<laughs> and, and no, I, I don't say that to say that Dennis Houston is going to have like a 150 yard game. Go back two months ago. Did you ever envision no, that in the regular no. season? And, and this that, feels that, like a Dennis hence, Houston hence, game hence right face. here. Hence my face. We, we right? don't know what a Dennis Houston game is, though. <laughs> exactly. And you know who else doesn't? Tampa Bay. Dennis, you talk about a Dennis yeah, but, Houston but, practice? Okay, come on, man. You talk about a practice? We haven't seen no preseason. It's going to be active. That's going to be the Fair enough. He don't scare nobody. That's my point. You are literally making my point here, Chill. My point is that it's going to have to be because they're going to key in on CD Lamb. That's a foregone conclusion. They're going to key in on CD Lamb. It's going to have to be one of the maybes who steps up in a game that you see the Cowboys potentially pass a lot, be it short passes, mid-level passes, whatever the case may be. One of these non-CD Lamb receivers is going to have to step up. Why can't it be your personal punt protector? It, It could be. It could be, but I'm simply saying if you look at if Dennis Houston is active for this game, if you look at this particular <laughs> roster, they don't have any film. They be in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They don't have any film on this guy. They don't know. They haven't seen how he can run the routes like we've seen that he can run. I'm not saying he's going to have a Calvin Johnson game and put up 200 yards. I'm simply saying he might be the guy that has, if he's active, one or two possession catches that ends up turning the tide. That's okay. all I'm saying. P- possession they, catches don't turn the tide. They, they, they've got, the Buccaneers depends have... Depends on what the possession is. The, the Buccaneers... <laughs> the Buccaneers it depends on what the possession is. The Buccaneers have... Situational need, football. Absolutely. The, Buccane- need, the Buccaneers have questions at corner. Like, like Carlton Davis is right, a good right, player, so but I, I mean, Sean Murphy Bunting was supposed to be the second starter, and mm-hmm. he just lost that job to Jamel Dean. And Jamel Dean has had his issues at times. And so they've got some questions there. I kind of wonder if the way they'll approach it is... I think we've all talked about CeeDee Lamb is going to see more double teams this year. I wonder if they would just trust Carlton Davis to like, look, you follow CD and then we'll bracket other guys. You know, we'll have Antoine Winfield bracket with Jamel Dean on whoever else, whatever else. But I wonder, put Tony Pollard in the slot. Let Tony Pollard, let Tony Pollard run some of these quick routes out of the slot and hit him there. That's what we talked about in the players lounge in the last show. We talked about that very thing, but back to what you were saying, if I'm going to, before I would go with Dennis Houston, I would look to Noah Brown. Yeah, You've been enough. looking for your opportunity for fair how enough. long? Like, son, it, it, this is it. Uh-huh. I mean, if you don't get it done now, then then right, then the next year they need to somebody need to shake his hand and say thank <laughs> you and good luck. But to me, I'm just if I'm He's looking a for some try to do protector, something. you can't get rid of that. Yes, you can. Okay. Yes, you can. I think after the season, what also goes after into the it. What also goes into it, though, is who, who, will, of sarcasm who, will, who will Dak <laughs> be most comfortable with outside of CD Lamb? He's so hate. Dalton not, Schultz. So hate. No, no, no. From a, as a pure receiver, not necessarily. It's probably Noah Brown. Position. We know it's going to be Dalton, right? Yeah, probably be Noah CJ Brown. Good but we've also offense. seen him develop a chemistry with a guy like Dennis Houston. So that that's all I'm saying. There's okay. something there. There's right, something write, there. Write, I'm gonna write this There's one down right there. here. Write it down. Right here. What, What's the Dennis, Dennis Houston stat Dennis, line? Dennis Houston. Uh, again, I'm not saying he's going to have <laughs> all right, all if I, if I, if I no, say man. No, no. Say it with your chest, if, man. If I, if I, if, 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 I, I, if I say over under four or three and a half receptions for Dennis don't, Houston. Don't let Clarence talk over. you out of it. Over. I, I, okay, I'll he's, he's saying minimum four, four, four receptions four, 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 for Dennis Houston. Four receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Wow. Did you say touchdown? I did say touchdown. Four, 70, and a touchdown. A one-yard touchdown is the same as an 80-yard touchdown. I said touchdown. I need you to stop it. Four, 70, and one. I need you to stop it. Four, 70, and one. Let me put it in I like the confidence. Do it for me, Dennis. Stop it. The problem here is that, ironically, the guy that Dak Prescott called before the draft, y'all ain't even talking about. I know that's 
It's. It, I, I mean, Mike McCarthy <laughs> yeah, stood up there. Clearly, you didn't watch NBC Five last night because I had Jalen on. Talk. I, I, I went talk to call him. him. You, didn't go, you didn't talk to him like I'm did talking you? about. We're not talking about him. He did not talk about I, him. The science that, yeah, is not for, talking for reason, about Jalen Tolbert. For a okay? reason. You, would you like to know why? It, it, you're you're going to have to hit some slants no, in this game, and he has not shown the ability to catch go. balls in traffic. Thank well, you. I, the, the fact I've that, watched him in training camp. I know Jay, why. Jalen Tolbert <laughs> and Dennis Houston have both proven the exact same amount at the NFL level. Zero, right? So that can't be a part of the equation. So now you're simply saying, oh, well, well Jalen Tolbert, he's the third-round pick, so he should be expected. You're right. He should be expected to produce more and sooner than uh, Dennis Houston, who's an undrafted guy. I agree with that. That would be completely accurate. However, you You've also seen Jalen Tolbert get off to a hot starting camp. He's cooled down considerably, whereas Dennis Houston, his trajectory has slowly continued to uptick as so has his chemistry with Dak Prescott. In the heat of the moment, when you have guys coming at you from the other side in the other uniform, you see these two guys. Jalen Tolbert has suffered a few drops here recently. Dennis Houston, not so much. Your QB1, thinking in the moment, who do you fire that ball to if they're both open? Who do you throw it to? I, I'm not. I'm not even. That's all. I'm, I'm not in disputing that Dennis Houston has been better in in, in training camp. Thank you for in, in saying I'm right, Chip. No, I'm not saying. I know that right. was difficult. I'm, I'm not <laughs> disputing. I'm just saying. Ironically, I do remember the talk from draft day, and I do remember the talk that from from all the expectation hype that that Jalen Tobert was going to be. They were counting on him to be a week one contributor. Oh, he's 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 he, massively disappointed. That, that's that's what I'm the, talking about. The, the I believe he'll be a contributor, but week they, one they, they were they, they were counting on him when, when, when they when Steven and everybody talked about making up for Amari and CD. Jalen Tolbert's name was mentioned prominently from draft day all the way up into training camp. He's still he's still going to be a good player. I think I, it's just I, I, I think I don't think he's far. I, I think that he's behind in terms of progress, severely behind where they thought he was going to be, and I think that that's frustrating. And for that him. In, that includes more than just Dennis Houston. I'd say as we have this conversation on my depth chart, I would put him as far as progress in training camp goes. I would put him behind Noah Brown, behind Dennis Houston, behind Semi Fajoko. I'd even put him behind Kevontae Turpin simply because I would like to see more of what Kevontae Turpin can do on offense more than I would believe that. As we have this conversation, Jalen Tolbert is ready to contribute. Will Tolbert be a contributor down the line? I believe that he will. He has the skill set to do it. But at this moment, he's really kind of got to start stringing I, week together. Week one, my man is gone into the bag. Yeah. I'm Dennis in the bag. Houston, four catches and a touchdown. So, boom, go. I got so, it. Right so, so, wait, if Houston is if above. Active. Exclusive, exclusive, I, I, right here. I recognize this is a hypothetical. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if Houston's been ahead of Tolbert in that sense, if James Washington doesn't get hurt, if Michael Gallup's healthy, we're talking about CD Gallup. Washington, Noah Brown, and Dennis Houston above him. Are you saying, like, I mean, are we talking about if everybody was healthy, Tolbert could have been inactive this opening game? But everybody ain't healthy. So. I know, but I'm, but, but I'm, but I'm saying if you if you would have said everybody was healthy. One of them might be inactive this game. But, but that's the thing. If I, I'm saying if you had your entire receiving core healthy and they would have been talking about week one, potentially having Tolbert as one of the inactives, I think they would have been really disappointed with that. Disappointed, but it's not the end of the world in the in the aspect of, you know, if... It's not the end of the world, but right. you need him to play. You need him, be, you need him to be healthy. good. You need him to be better than Gallup was in 2018, and he's not there right now. Yeah, good luck. Gallup was yeah, you know, 33 receptions, Gallup. 500 yards. That's not a ridiculous pass. It's ask. not, but no. that's a different skill set. Gallup is an entirely different skill set from Jalen. Let's get another break. One player we have not spoken about enough, 
this week. And maybe we'll start to do that tomorrow um, when, when Mike McCarthy meets again. But I want to bring it up right here on the Media Mash next with Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Patrick yeah. Walker of DallasCowboys.com, and Bobby Bell, the 105.3 The Fan, the official radio station of the Dallas Cowboys. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To Media Mash. Media Mash. Week one. The best conversations happened when we were in the break. Don't you guys bring that here to the open microphones here. Clarence Hill, Patrick Walker, Bobby Bell, I'm Newey Scruggs. Yeah, Bobby. I'm not going to say what I just said. Could you please repeat for the people? I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get shipped out like that guy we were just talking about. I, mean, I, just, I, just, I just tell the truth. Tell the truth. You want me on that wall. You so. need me on that wall. The player we've not talked about because he's still on the practice squad, but he will be on the active roster. 
Brett Maher, the kicker. This is going to be go-round number two last year, Greg Zerline. I blamed him for that loss in Tampa Bay. Missed a field goal, an easier kick, and an extra point. Four points. Cowboys lose 31-29. So, gentlemen, our belief in kicker Brett Maher is what? Started off Bobby Belt. I am, I think, much more confident than anybody else seems to be in Maher. I, I think Maher was good in New Orleans last year. And Maher, we know he's got like the booming leg. You talk about his accuracy from 50 plus is absolutely elite across the league when you look at, you know, how he's done there since he played, you know, kicked in Dallas, then on to New Orleans and everything else. And he's been good in these practices like like when we've watched him out there kicking he's he's much more consistent than Garibay was he's much more consistent than Zerline <laughs> was in practice well yeah, I was gonna say, was it, I'm just saying I'm just saying that when you talk about consistency <laughs> he's been that and and so to me it's I feel much more comfortable with where he's at right now than I would have with anybody that was in training camp Zerline or even more confident than I would have been in Maher a couple of years ago I think that he he proved himself in New Orleans for the most part last year, and he's looked fine so far out here when he's been here. So I'm fairly comfortable, actually, with Maher. For me, uh, I have enough evidence to not believe in him. Um, but to your point, now I have recent evidence to say that he can get the job done. So I'm kind of splitting the baby here when it comes to Brett Maher because he has done well in camp. He did do well mostly. Can't split the baby, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was just a trick Solomon tried. Didn't work out for the king. Didn't work out for the king. But I've seen enough in, in training camp to say, okay, well, I have enough confidence going with him going into week one, uh, combined with an improvement in New Orleans. So let me hit you on here. Uh-huh. Are you more confident in Maher this year than you were with Zerline last? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, going into and far and above because okay. going into last season, one of the biggest things that I continually pounded the table because I wanted to see from the Cowboys was a true kicking competition. Like, I needed to see it. I I walked into 2021 feeling like we never saw that because I felt like Greg Zerline was Bones Fossil guy. He was coming off an injury, and they protected him. And they protected him. So, and, And he had his struggles prior to the injury as well. He showed signs of, you know, the the shredded yips. Right. And then he gets injured. So what we saw in week one at, you know, Raymond James Stadium was what I felt like could be a problem. So fast forward to now, I am much more confident in Brett Maher now than I was with Greg Zerline then. Because I I can say, even though I don't necessarily entirely agree with the bodies that they brought into camp for said competition, at least there was a true competition this year. Jonathan Garapay, unfortunately, was a huge disappointment. Hajralahu, he actually was doing well, and he got beat out by, by Brett Maher. Despite doing well, I don't know if he was doing well. Inside of 40, he was reliable. He, was he just better, had no, he he had no range. He was better than Garibay. The bottom line is this. He was shopping a dollar. He general family dollar with them, too. The bottom line is this. I understand the questions about Zerline going to the last season, but at least Zerline had a body of work. For the Rams. He had a body of work. For the Rams. For the Rams. He had a body of work. That that the coaches could say we've seen this guy do it. A body of work, a wide left here in Dallas. Thank you. Byer has a body of work that 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 was disappointing in Dallas too. And so I, I I don't know that I'm confident in the kicking situation. You know, certainly. Oh, I'm not. You know, so I I, I you know, 
Kicking, kicking, uh, kicking to me is I, like a major league baseball I, bullpen. Year to year, I can't tell you yeah, what it's going to be, I don't, I don't even if it's that, the same group of guys. I don't know that right? you can count on him until I see him do it in games and not just one game, but consistently. You know, I, I think it's a question mark. It's going to be a question mark this entire season, especially for a team where so many games go down to uh, the last drive. Even when they had an explosive offense, now you got an offense that's, that's that's not explosive. They're going to need points. 23% of NFL games are decided by three Defense points or less. Get so we hope like, you know that's going to happen. Okay, I mean you can't guarantee that the, the turnover is going to happen this year like they did. What, last no, year. not what, like what, they did, but huh? they're going to happen. What what about Nui's question though? To that point, you feel better. Like you said, Zerline has a body of work, but you feel equal to equal confidence I, I, that you had to Zerline. Yeah, I, really. I don't. Oh, wow. I don't. I don't have wow. confidence in in the kicking not, situation. Not confidence, not confidence but, but you feel equal, equal to what you felt with Zerline. Because I felt like Zerline, you were sweating every single kick. I don't feel yes. like I'm sweating every and, and kick that, heading into Week point. One with Maher. I'm not saying that I feel like uh, confident in confidence I, I, in Brett Maher like I, I, I did. Dan I, Bailey I watched. I, I watched. I watched Meyer go off the reservation. Yeah, it was not. It was not great. In what year was that? 2019. I, I mean, it wasn't that, great. Still fresh on but my memory. He was memory. consistent last year in New Orleans. I will say this. For half a season. Better, better than zero. It wasn't 16 full, of 18. It wasn't a full season. 16 was, of 18. half a season. I, I did enjoy listening to, to Brad on the calls when Zerline would go kick. Because <laughs> Brad Chair was just so more confident than so Zerline. Bottom line. It. it was just, it was, it was like must Bottom listen line. to. Hey, Brad. Let's see it. Let's see if he makes it. Just Brad <laughs> trying to being disgusted, trying to hide as much disgust as he had. Yeah, and to me that was on the coaching staff. I mean, you you wait till whenever to get the back injury. I mean that 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 my, that, that was decision making on the coaching staff, and, and then you wait this year. And I don't like the decision making from the beginning on how they chose their kicker. I mean, Garibay was the only guy here. Uh, in minicamp and and and, and OTA, then you 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 bring Harlahu in. I mean, it just. It's the decision making and how you come about it that I don't trust. It's fair. I, I, I mean, I, you, I, I can't push back against that because it's it's something that's you know bit them a couple times in a couple different positions over the years. Still have more confidence than Greg Zerline. That was rough. And they and I'll say this, and the the small bit I'll give Zerline, they didn't do him any favors. Dude was hurt. He shouldn't even start a kicking. He you know the guy right. wasn't healthy. I mean, the end of the day. Put him on injured reserve. Get yourself right. Go sign somebody. Because I look at games like that. Tampa, they lost games because this dude Correct. was right. And so I don't know if he maybe if he had another month, could he have gotten himself better? But all year long, he was not good. And toward the end, I can't remember which which Zoom we had with Bones. And I was asking, like, you, you got confidence in this man before the San Francisco game? And he was kind of like, Think so? We'll be okay. I was like, should be thinking here in this last game. Was it in that same conversation where he's like, and, and and if he he fails, I'll own that. You you own that. Yeah, we know you will. But they they reached a point at the end of last year. I think they reached a point, and Bones reached a point at the end of last year where they knew that was a failure, but they also knew they didn't really have any other options, so th- it didn't make any sense to to publicly admonish and make his head space anymore. Well, yeah, but but. but, but I think they. I this think whole they knew thing that, is about Bones bringing his guys in here. Sure, yeah, like he was too quick to bring in Zerline and push out Forbath right. when he did when he first got so here. Just bringing his guys Kai. in there and, and, and did it ever work? Was he good the first year? Was he? I mean, no. it, it never no. worked. No, and it my, never clicked here. So and so, Bobby. For me, I'm one of those who constantly gets frustrated when people just feel like they should be held hostage by a kicker. Well, what else do we do? 
well, just running him on out there to make the kicks and, and keep screwing it up isn't the answer. For a while, that first run Maher had, he it was a, it was a stretch. It was just hard to watch, and he wasn't good. And finally, after and you remember the press, uh, the little presser he did after the Bears game when he was acting like you know. Oh, well, um, and they finally ran him off. You bring in four bath, the four bath what, was like ten for ten, one hundred percent, but but literally so, perfect. Yes, so so let's not be held hostage by a kicker. If a guy's not getting it done, go find somebody else. But to just keep trotting guys out here with the oh well. Which, to their credit, they didn't let, you know, they let Zerline go through two years of that. They got into training camp with Garibay, and even though that was a a Bones guy, they made the decision in training camp of, okay, this isn't working out. It's not going to get any better. Move on. Go find somebody. But they, I mean, literally, you had had to. He was so bad. You did. You did. But but I'm saying they came into camp with two kickers, and they were willing to walk away before the end of camp. So I'm saying that they they did adjust. They didn't double down on mistakes with the kicking game like they they had for two years in a row is what I'm saying. They had to. It, it was just They awful. had to. It, but, it was but they awful. had to the first two years, too, and they and, didn't. But it became But comedy. no one was – I've never seen a, a kicking competition in, in camp so bad. I it mean, this it was became just, a comedy. This I mean, was, yeah, it, 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 was, it was a comedy show. We, we every were just day sitting out there just kind of looking yeah, at Yeah, I mean, if you, if, you, if, you, if you could have given me Jonathan Garibay's <laughs> range with Hirelahu's accuracy inside, like, you would have had there one competent go. kicker. But there you had to go get Brett Maher, so. But, again, I don't – I don't know that Haralahu was that great in camp either. He All was right. he was he was pretty darn accurate inside of forty. He was consistent there. He didn't he really didn't miss there. This is client. I'm just saying I'm, I'm I'm not I'm saying they picked the right kicker, but I'm also saying that he was accurate inside of forty during All right. camp. Um, so, so do you have a prediction for uh, Maher like you did for? Uh, <laughs> <Jesse>? <laughs> Listen, if, if it's up to me, the offense, albeit all the question marks they have, offensive line, receiver core, I would like I, I, I would like to see the offense convert on third right down what I asked. and not even. Do you have need something for Maher like you, you, you You're going to predict a, like a Tim no, Cedar no, touchdown I'm not feeling, run? I'm feeling more like not like. I'm feeling Houston. No, I'm good. Okay. 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 <laughs> right. All right. Um, fun show. It was fun. Appreciate it. We never talked about the defense. We never got any positive. I want to be positive. You capable? Tell us about the defense. Yes. <laughs> I don't project. I'm, I'm, I, want it. I need to see go it. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I need to it's talk just, about the defense. You got like 20 seconds. I think this is the, I mean, I think this is the first time. It's fine. First time since. Oh, I, first time since Jerry. What you do? Let's end the show so you can take. First that time since Jerry Jones is on this team. Is that well, the defense has been the man. Is that well, an ice cream man thing? That's that's my alarm clock. Well, the, def- <laughs> the, well, the defense is the best part of this football. Thanks, game. Clarence. Uh, Clarence, uh, like Clarence. I'm out of here, boys. My alarm clock just went off. Clarence Hill. Thanks for that setup for my column this week. That's a setup for my column this week. Thanks for that. Bobby Belt. Media match tomorrow, 3 o'clock. I'm Lewis Scruggs. Take care. Oh, talk about the defense tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?